we're going to, as we have done since Queen Elizabeth uh, the second died, what an extraordinary life. Plus, plus, Queen Elizabeth's favorite hymn, one of her favorite hymns, uh, I said this morning in an article, and it is true. You cannot live a faithful, consistent, godly life. We're not talking about perfection. Like Queen Elizabeth II did. Through many toils and snares without the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why I say that uh, if your life after after a while of being saved uh, there's something wrong if your life is not stable not consistent there's something wrong somewhere Either you have never been born again, or you're choosing to live in sin and sin against God. The Christian life does not have anything to do with the surrounding circumstances. You understand. We hear people say, Uh, under the circumstances, and born-again Christians always say, why are you under the circumstances? That has nothing to do, pardon me, with Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. Jesus Christ is the party. And this is why... Um, if you have Jesus Christ, it is a consistent, regular, joy-filled, peace-filled party going on on the inside of you. And this is why I tell couples that you must bring happiness, joy, peace, and contentment to the table before you get married. Okay, because if you don't have those things through Jesus Christ, your marriage is not going to be a party. As one man said, as I dealt with an article on yesterday, it's going to be hell. Mm, leave, leave that, leave that. Leave it. It's going to be hell. So, 
um, why did the queen, Elizabeth II, stay with her husband <clears throat> while their children were falling apart and getting divorces and creating more hell for themselves and for the queen? They never thought about it. The queen uh, could have easily made it without her husband, with all of her servants. And do you know in Buckingham Palace, I'm told that they have 750 rooms in Buckingham Palace. Now, I've been to Buckingham Palace. I, I didn't see all those rooms. And uh, if there ever was a woman who could have done without a husband, Queen Elizabeth II uh, could have done so. But somehow, some way, Queen Elizabeth II got born again and got saved, and she was faithful to her vows to God from her youth up, and God knew it. You, 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 you need to understand, people, that you want a great life, you want to leave a great legacy, whether all people like you or not. You must be born again. You must be saved and committed to God in your heart. Okay? Because God will know. You can't fake this, my beloved. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You cannot fake this. You cannot fake being a Christian. You will crumble. You will fall flat on your face nearly every day of your life. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool God. And we have churches full of fake religious people who don't know God, who don't know Jesus Christ. So therefore, they don't live a consistently faithful life. And I said now at the beginning... After a while, because there's some of that that goes on even in the young Christian life. You, you know, you're taking baby steps and you're falling down sometimes. You're a toddler in Christ. And you still need help. And you make messes sometimes. But after a while, by and by, you ought to become stable like Queen Elizabeth II. You ought to become consistent. You ought to become faithful. Uh, here's one of Queen Elizabeth's favorite hymns. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven. To his feet your tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia. Praise the everlasting King. 
praise him for his grace and favor to his people in distress. Praise him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Alleluia. Alleluia. Go ahead, Queen. Go ahead. Glorious in his faithfulness. And by the way, God wants you to be like him. Faithful. God wants you to be holy. Because he is holy. Father-like he tends and spares us. Well, our feeble frame he knows. This comes from, I believe, Psalm 103, this, this hymn, a lot of it. Rescues us from all our foes. Rather, in his hand he gently bears us. Rescues us from all our foes. Alleluia, alleluia. Widely, yet his mercy flows. Go ahead, queen. Go ahead. Angels, help us to adore him. You behold him face to face. Sun and moon bow down before him. Dwellers all in time and space. Alleluia, alleluia. Praise with us the God of grace. Shall we pray this morning and we will also... Uh, be having communion here shortly so if you are saved and born again and you're not shacking up you're not living in sin of any kind uh, you're not committing adultery you don't have a side piece you don't have a bow peep in your life and you don't have a silver in your life and uh, you're living holy by the grace of God with your sins confessed up <clears throat> and repented of. You're in right relationship with your spouse. For husbands, you love your wife. For wives, you submit to your husbands. If you're a young person, you respect and honor your parents. If not, you need to confess your sins as a child of God. And you must be born again. Yeah. If uh, you are not saved, you cannot take communion. If you're not living as a saved person, I would not advise you to take communion because I'm here to tell you. Nobody wants to hear it. Even the pastors and preachers in churches don't want to hear it. I'm here to tell you thousands, thousands, yea, millions of church folk have died taking communion unworthily. Do not play with God. Always remember, he's the ruler of the whole universe and he knows everything. And he knows everything that you have done and he knows what you're doing right now. If he knows the number of hairs on your head 
then he knows everything. And and whether you like it or not, he knows things before time. Yes, that's right. He knows he's God. He knows that if you're presented with the gospel, whether or not you're going to receive it or reject it. That has nothing to do with your decision. That's up to you. He just He's God, so he knows. It's not a matter of him predestining some people to hell and some people to heaven. That's your choice. He just has foreknowledge because he's God all by himself. All by himself. I feel like preaching. God help me to pray. Holy Father God. Lord I don't know why you got me so fired up. And ready to go this morning. But you do. Even as an old man. With medical issues. Holy Father God. Hollywood be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your amazing grace, which we heard again today, and it never gets old. Lord, I marvel how you gave the words to these songwriters and positioned the words um, in the way that you have done because all good things are done by you. And you give us the privilege of being a part of it. But you get all of the glory, praise, and honor I praise you and I thank you so much for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is sitting at your right hand right now. And uh, Lord, you're doing something in my soul and spirit, as you did the other day, and I, I ask you humbly and respectfully to, to not... Uh, uh, to, to let me go so that I won't break down in in tears crying in front of these people so Lord help me to do my job this morning uh, but you you, 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 you you're doing something in my spirit <clears throat> and in my soul in spite of the devil fighting against me uh, in spite of the devil even using my own family against me. In spite of constant persecution and constant attacks. And so, Lord, I thank you for your joy, your tears of joy and peace and of the great things you've done in my life and with my life in spite of myself. Lord, I am thankful for your amazing grace. 
I am so thankful for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who made the difference in my life coming out of dead religion. <clears throat> and doing something, Lord, for me that, that uh, I know you've done for others, but I have not met many. Bringing me out of deep religion that was wrong and false and did not proclaim the gospel and allowing me to get saved in a dorm room and then calling me to do something that Lord you know I had cursed and swore to my friends that I would never do and that was to be a preacher like my dad now Lord you did that I have nothing to do with that that was the last thing on earth as you know I wanted to do the last thing on earth I was going in the opposite direction and I hated my dad because of no other reason because he was a good man a saved man and a preacher and I carried his name and I didn't want it to have anything to do with it <clears throat> and I resisted your call for weeks really months as you remember and I, I finally succumbed in the shower across the hall from my dorm room in Locker House dorm room on Keesler Air Force Base in the early spring following my born-again experience and I have never been the same now it's been over 43 years by your grace that I have been preaching your gospel something I said I would never do in my life because my dad was a preacher and Lord uh, I cannot thank you enough for the journey that you put me on and I do not deserve it the things you have led me to do by your power and uh, the win-win-win spirit of Christianity that you've given to me from mountaintop to mountaintop including some valleys Lord I shall never forget and I stand amazed at what you can do with a wretch like me and so Holy Father God I praise you and I thank you today for salvation and spiritual family and life financial and material protection and provision mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us upon me and thus my family for as my family knows you led me to uh, preach the gospel by faith when Lord you knew I wanted to work a job to ha have a steady income and to have control over the income and you uh, refused me that you told me uh, that I could not do that and you never let it work out and so I thank you Lord for working a divine miracle without support of family and friends just the support of people that you touch their hearts and most of them have never met me or do not know me 
and one of our greatest supporters that you raised up and touched his heart to show us favor has never met me and I've never met him. And Lord, I uh, uh, and we probably do not even want to meet. We're so different. Ever, Lord, but you to this day, you have touched his heart, his wife's heart, who is now with you in heaven, and uh, even his children. There's no way that he could do, and, 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 and some of the church folks may not even know what he has done. Uh, and, and hundreds of others who have stood with us on a, uh, uh, in, a, in a, a smaller way down through the years. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Holy Father God, thank you for allowing us to land in this place. Thank you, Lord, for thousands of answers to prayer. Thank you, Holy Father God, for your Holy Word that says, Ask, and ye shall receive. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Thank you for your Holy Word, Lord Jesus, that you gave this parable to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Pray without ceasing. Pray always, always pray. Continue instant in prayer. And Lord, even on this Sunday, with my heart so filled with joy that it pushes out tears of what you have done in my life and in the lives of others. And how you have used our family. Lord, I praise you and thank you for all of my children. They're all grown now. By your miracle working power. And, uh, but Lord, thank you for using them to help in the ministry. To help their father in the ministry. From their toddler uh, age ages on up it is one of the greatest parts of my life and to this day as I just got a, a text from my baby birthday girl uh, Danielle Elizabeth Brelove Named after her great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother, I believe. And, uh, and they're all working around the clock to help in the ministry. My son, my birthday baby son, Daniel Ezekiel, that you blessed. You blessed me with these two children, my youngest children, on my birthday. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for that. And what a great job he has done already this morning. And uh, uh, my daughter, Daniqua Grace, uh, who uh, has always done a bang-up job 
and a fateful job uh, whose birthday is next month. And then, Lord, I praise you and thank you for all of my children, Danny, Daniel, uh, Danita, and Danae, and uh, the older uh, three help in other ways and have helped in other ways. And uh, since they have been growing on their own, but they help, all seven of them helped. As you know, Lord, by your grace, uh, in the ministry uh, for years now. And what people see today, particularly on the uh, technology side, they are responsible for. Uh, for to this day, uh, I can hardly uh, do anything when it comes down to technology. And that is the case with my wife, Marika White, as well, who is here and uh, helping in the ministry. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank you for the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, <coughs> I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would continue to have mercy and grace upon us because of the shed blood of the Lamb of God, your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Holy Savior. And please forgive those of us who are saved of our sins our faults and our failures as we from our hearts by your grace forgive those who have sinned against us help us to be humble about it and lord crucify our wicked evil and ungodly flesh within us our old sinful nature the old man within us who are saved and fill us today with the fullness and the power the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. Put a God in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we would not sin against you today. Deliver us, Lord, from temptation, evil, and sin. And grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And Lord, we pray that you will help each and every one of us to humble ourselves, those of us who are saved and born again and not a part of the religious crowd that's lost, a part of the tares in the church. Lord, uh, I do pray that you will help us all to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of all of our sins and to get back to you by your grace, our first love, Lord Jesus Christ.
And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of the lost, starting with my own family. Uh, as my wife uh, will not be allowed to take communion this morning, um, because once again, because she has uh, she has not shown any fruit of salvation, and uh, has allowed the, the devil to fill her heart with evil, rebelliousness, and foolishness. And so, Lord God in heaven, I pray for her salvation. And I pray that she would humble herself off of her pharaohistic pride, her Jamaican pride, and uh, truly believe in you and not try to come up some other way uh, like the devil wants her to. I also pray today on this Sunday, this Communion Sunday, that you would cast the devil and the demons of hell out of her life. Cast out the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, hypocrisy, uh, Sanballat and Tobias out of her heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Uh, Lord, as you know, I've been praying for her like this for over 34 years when I realized that she was just religious and lost and on her way to a devil's hell. Over 34 years, my children have never seen any fruit of salvation in her life, and nor have I. And I pray that she would submit uh, to your word and truly believe in Christ and repent of her lying and her stealing uh, from her own husband, her rebelliousness, uh, her seeming hatred towards your work, and never any joy about the great results of your work, uh, her uh, not choosing to submit to her husband and respect her husband and obey her husband. Uh, for Lord, you've shown me down through the years at some point. If a person is born again, they may not do it as quick as others, but they will learn the lesson of obedience. And so I pray this not only for her, but for her mother, her aunts, and all of her family members Help them to examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. I pray this for my own mother, who claims to be an apostle. Uh, my sisters, who claim to be uh, pastors and bishops. And all of that. <clears throat> I pray that my children were not, who I intentionally kept from these demonic spirits and these devil-driven people, uh, on purpose and who turned out great under my leadership and raising. I pray that they will not allow these demon-filled people even in our family and outside of our family even in uh, the church that they may attend from time to time. That they will not allow these people to influence them and uh, to uh, turn them away from 
what they have learned from your holy word down through the years. And I do pray that some of my children will examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. And if they're living an ungodly life, help them to understand uh, that they cannot possibly be saved if there is no conviction. But I do thank you for the privilege of leading each and every one of them to you when they were seven years old on their birthday so that they could remember it. So that when they celebrate their birthday like my baby daughter is, they can also celebrate uh, their birthday as a born-again Christian. And so, Holy Father God, rebuke and bind the devil, his demons and his hosts, Lord, from our entire family. And Lord, I pray that you would cast the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. For this is a generational curse. I do believe that spirit comes down through my wife's side of the family. And uh, there are some evil generational curse spirits that come down through my family as well, which I have warned my children about. And on that, so far so good, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that you would do the same not only in our family, but in all families that name the name of Christ. That the head of household will understand that everybody in the family may not be saved just because it is considered a Christian family. For you have shown me that most people today in the church are lost and on their way to a devil's hell. And that's why the church has fallen away into the ditch and can't get up. And that's why we're being chastised and rebuked and embarrassed in America and in the world. So, Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, save others who are lost, religious and irreligious, revive those who are saved, who are truly saved, heal those who are sick, <coughs> and comfort those who are grieving and mourning, draw them to yourself for salvation. And Holy Father God, I pray that for those of us who are born again and saved by your grace, and we're no better than anybody else, we're just uh, sinners uh, like everybody else, only saved by your grace. And uh, we deserve to go to hell like everybody else. And so Holy Father God, thank you for saving us. And we pray, Lord, today, Lord, that you will uh, lift our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from our hearts, minds, souls, and spirits. We cast all care upon you, for, Lord, we know that you care for us. And Holy Father God, we pray that you would deliver us from all of our um, tribulations, distresses, afflictions, trials, temptations, tests, intentions uh, by your miraculous power and we don't deserve that either. 
And Lord, I pray that you'll deliver each and every one of us who is saved and born again by your grace from all of our spiritual and mental and physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debts, student progress problems, troubles and difficulties that we're facing. And, uh, and Holy Father God, at the same time, we thank you for distresses and afflictions and tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and tensions and all of these things that we do face for they have a way of reminding us that we can't do it and you can when we're weak uh, you make us strong and so Holy Father God Thank you, Lord, in the midst of chastisement and rebuke upon the church and punishment upon this sin-cursed world. Thank you for allowing things today to be as well as they are, for they could be worse and probably will get worse. But thank you so much for your mercy and grace uh, while we're seeing just a little bit of your wrath, which we deserve. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you <clears throat> for your protection down through the years. Help all of us to understand that no matter the age, we're all going to uh, die one day and meet our maker as the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II has done. So Lord, help us to live accordingly to that knowledge and not foolishly and I do pray that you would continue to protect my family and all other Christian families that name the name of Christ and all other people protect us Holy Father God from ourselves from our flesh and from the devil and from the demons of hell and from evil people in the family evil people in the church and evil people in the world place Lord upon us today the whole arm of God Surround us with a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ. And have all that we do say this morning and early afternoon to be done for your glory, your praise, and your honor. And for the lifting up of your holy son, the Lord Jesus Christ, sitting at your right hand. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray and forsake. Amen. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Since I laid my burden down. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Since I laid my burden down, burden down, Lord. Burning down, Lord, since I laid my burden down. Burning down, Lord, burning down, Lord, since I laid my burden down. I wonder why I want to sing that song after I pray. I believe prayer has a way of of uh, lifting your burdens. We as human beings, those of us who are saved, as was mentioned 
by someone that I cannot quote because uh, he's not a good person and I don't want to bring any attention to him but he he did say something come from the Bible really that we all have a burden to bear we all have a cross to carry is what he said amen that's right prayer has a way of lifting those burdens uh, when I uh, every day uh, I remind my children to pray without ceasing. We communicate every day via text. Uh, text is a, a powerful way to communicate with your family. And I reiterate to them what I taught them when they were here, to pray without ceasing. Prayer has a way of lifting your burdens and concerns and worries and and paving the way for your day to be successful win 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 now I know some of you all are excited about football season back being back but you need to be more excited about Jesus Christ coming back so put your heart and mind on him besides that uh, the Dallas Cowboys are not going to play until the night and I predict uh, well I'm not going to say that because there's some people who think the Dallas Cowboys is a religion Let me just say this. I have a hunch that they're going to lose. And uh, uh, let me just say something to you. Unless somehow Dak Prescott has a new mentality, the difference between the great quarterbacks and the great teams that the quarterbacks play on is simply a mentality. Romo didn't have it. And Dak Prescott, I don't care if he's black or not. Dak, it doesn't matter to me whether Dak is black or not. I don't believe he has it. And if you don't have that as a quarterback, you're going to lose, 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 and not win, win, win. Now, that's all I'm going to say about it. And I'm going to, let me just add this too. Romo should not be calling the Super Bowl since he never went to the Super Bowl. Troy Aikman ought to be calling the Super Bowl. That's it. Only Super Bowl quarterback should call the Super Bowl. They may not be as talented as Romo is because he, he does have Madden uh, abilities. But uh, if you never went to the Super Bowl and you, you broke the hearts of Dallas Cowboys fans for years with foolishness, 
and not having the proper mentality, and then you are not to have the right to call the Super Bowl. But anyway, my beloved, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes who are listening, and yes, even foes in the family. And by the way, you family members who are listening, the devil has your heart uh, that way. It's not just you. The devil has your heart that way. Because you want me to be nice and play nice to your homosexual friends and family members, and I'm not. And that's why I have no interest in having a family reunion with you. Okay, so later for that, forget that. Uh, you need to turn your eyes upon Jesus and stand with Jesus against all sin. And, uh, and then we'll be on the same uh, wavelength. Be that as it may, to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial. Family evangelistic service, family members. My beloved, uh, this is Daniel White the Third, the son of Daniel White Jr., who is in heaven, the grandson of Daniel White Sr., or the first. My great grandfather's name was Briscoe White. And I know this sounds pompous, you know, the third and all of that. But I do have a son who's the fourth. And uh, uh, I'm sure my dad wants to distinguish himself from me. And I want my son to distinguish himself from me. Uh, so that's why we do that. Now the white folks, they'll just use a middle name or something like that because this is not that important to them. But being a black man and to have a second or the third alive or, and a fourth alive and a fifth, my son Daniel Ezekiel uh, and so forth, uh, that's a miracle for black folk today. That's a miracle, and we want to uh, announce that. It's not that we're anything. We're not. We're just common folk. We're not great. Uh, even though that makes us sound great. President of Gospel Light Society International with the White House Family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's classic book, Morning and Evening. And thank you, Daniel Ezekiel, for uh, doing 
a great job of putting the final uh, devotional together. Thank you, Danica, for doing your part. Danielle, for doing your part. It is so important. So important. And... Uh, um, and I give God the glory, praise, and honor for you. Because I know you're doing it from your heart. You don't have to do it. This is the podcast. This is episode number 603. And by the way, it's so good to be before God and before you this morning. Uh, technically, I'm told I should not be here today. Because as you age and you do this kind of work, what I call the being on work where you are on trying to help people and people are pulling on you issue uh, if you would allow me to say comes out of you because people are depending on you and they, they they pull on you in a way and you're on it's not a it doesn't feel like a pressure or a stress to me but Doctors say it is stress, and stress can kill you. And so, as I was saying, it is so good, anyhow, to be before God today serving Him. And it is so good to be here before you. When I say that, I really mean that. It is a joy beyond what I can express to you. And I, I guess I have to say Sunday mornings and Sunday, I think all preachers would agree, even though they may preach like me every day. Sunday mornings is, is special. Sunday is special. There's something, there's something about Sunday. Oh, my soul. I don't know what it is, but it's something about Sunday. Spurgeon has us at John fifteen nineteen from the Word of God. Probably um, one of the only, one of the few pastors, preachers of all time who can take one verse and get a hundred pages out of it. For he was blessed with the mother load of anointing. The word of God says, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own. How about you? Does the world love you, pastor? Huh? You think getting all of the rewards from the world 
makes you something great in God's sight. Not so. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. That includes your family. They will hate you if you are chosen by God out of this world. Your friends will hate you. And, and listen to me very carefully. I've told you this before. Let me say it again to you. You can try to fit in all you want to. They're going to know. They can smell, if you will. They can smell Jesus in you. They can sense that Jesus is in you. And they will hate you no matter how much. See, so let me say this to you people. No matter how much people, how much you will try to fit in, people will know what you are about. And they can detect whether or not you're a hypocrite. A person who proclaims uh, salvation, who claims salvation rather, but, but they, they, people can tell whether or not you're a hypocrite. Some of you women out there. Do you know that a man can tell whether you're down or not? Whether your Christianity is real or not? There, there are some men who know that you're not really saved and you, you'll do just like any other lost woman. If he can get you alone. Willingly. And there are women who can tell whether or not you're the real deal. You can't fool God and you can't fool people. You may fool some of the people some of the time because they're, uh, they are not discerning. But uh, there are some people, even lost people, can tell whether or not you're the real deal. Or if you're a hypocrite. And Dr. Spurgeon goes on. Here is distinguishing grace and discriminating regard. Go ahead, Spurgeon. For some are made the special objects of divine affection. Do not be afraid to dwell upon this high doctrine of election. When your mind is most heavy and depressed, you will find it to be a bottle of richest cordial. Those who doubt the doctrines of grace or who cast them into the shade, miss the richest clusters of Eshcol. Go ahead, Dr. Spurgeon. They lose the wines on the lees, well refined, the fat things full of marrow. There is no balm in Gilead comparable or comparable to it. If the honey in Jonathan's wood when but touched enlighten the eyes, this is honey which will enlighten your heart to love and learn the mysteries of the kingdom of God. My, my, my. Eat and fear not a surfeit. Live upon this choice dainty. And fear not that it will be too delicate a diet. 
meat from the king's table will hurt none of his courtiers. Desire to have your mind enlarged that you may comprehend more and more the eternal everlasting discriminating love of Almighty God. When you have mounted as high as election, tarry on its sister mount, the covenant of grace. Covenant engagements are the munitions of stupendous rock behind which we lie entrenched. Covenant engagements with the surety Christ Jesus are the quiet resting places of trembling spirits. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the raging flood. When every earthly prop gives way this still is all my strength and stay. Amen. If Jesus undertook to bring me to glory and if the Heavenly Father promised that he would give me to the Son to be a part of the infinite reward of the travail of his soul then my soul till God himself shall be unfaithful till Jesus shall cease to be unfaithful to Jesus cease to be the truth thou art safe Spurgeon you got me a little bit turn around on that part when David danced before the ark he told McCall that election made him do so come my soul exalt before the God of grace and leap for joy of heart glory be to God shall we pray Holy Father God uh, that was a little bit deeper than usual even for me but Lord I praise you and thank you for the part that I was able to understand I praise you and thank you for your holy word and Lord help us to walk in it throughout this day and throughout our lives and give us greater understanding of your holy word. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. Now dear friend, for those of you who are with us and you're not saved, you're not a Christian, you're not born again, you may go to church as I did for many years. I went to church for 19 years of my life before I truly got saved and born again. My dad was a preacher and a good man after he got saved. He was the most loving man I ever met, loving us, his family, to a fault, allowing us in his merciful, loving way to get away with much evil. Pardon me. A piece of lemon I had in my water. 
he didn't understand nobody taught him that love must be tough if you truly love somebody you don't take the blame for their evil you don't let them get away with it you can't because it hurts so many people but it was a pure love for his family my dad never whipped me and that was wrong of him uh, to do he should have whipped me B times he should have whipped me thousands of times and I would have turned out a much better man and would not have done some of the evil stupid things I did and so I have uh, in raising my children I obeyed God because I knew more about the Bible than my dad did because I was taught from the Word of God and so I chastised my children and uh, all of my children are grown now uh, and nobody ever got somebody pregnant in my house which I did when I was growing up all, in fact all four of his children either got pregnant to the, the girls got pregnant outside of wedlock and uh, the boys got somebody pregnant outside of wedlock including myself these things, my brethren, are not so to be from a preacher's house, period. None of my daughters have gotten pregnant, and I have many daughters. My wife and I have had many daughters, and, and none of my sons got a girl pregnant. And, and, and in fact, they left here as virgins. They're all grown now. And I hope they all remain virgins until they get married. And that they would marry virgins. Uh, and so they never did drugs. They never had any alcohol, beverages uh, under my uh, leadership and raising them. I'm not against wine because Jesus is not against wine and the Bible is not against wine and I drank some wine myself and they knew that but by being minors and being young I never let them do that and so um, by the grace of God I raised my children better than my father raised me and, and love must be tough I did not let my wife control uh, and dominate me as my mother did him never 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 and my dad and I we talked about that before he died he was against it too uh, but he let her do that uh, you cannot have a peaceful home when things are out of order and jacked up like that. And so uh, the family that I have led for now 34 years, we've had way more peace than uh, m the household that I was raised in because we did it the Bible, I did it the Bible way even though my wife 
uh, was still rebellious and stubborn, but I was in control. And, uh, and I didn't let, I put that down and did not let her ruin things for the children as my mother did. But I said all of that to say this, that you can be religious and church going, raised up in a preacher's home with your dad being a preacher, your mother being a preacher, a member of six or seven churches, Baptist and Pentecostal holiness and disciples of Christ, and the pillar and the ground of the truth and everything else and still be lost and on your way to a devil's hell. Religious, church-going, but lost and on your way to hell. And so if you want to be saved today, dear friend, first understand and accept the fact that you are a sinner, you are a criminal in God's eyes because you have broken His law. This is not difficult to understand. If you break the law, these are laws already written down. You know that you should not speed. Do not be shocked when the police officer stops you for speeding. You're breaking the law. You're in trouble. And you will be punished. A similar situation is going on with God. And God is the, the author of government. He is he's the one who has formed government to put down evil. So that other people can live in peace. You rob somebody, you're going to jail. And so you are a criminal against heaven. You are a criminal in God's sight. You are a sinner. Why? Because you have broken his universal laws, which man's laws are based upon. Pardon me. The Bible says we all have sinned or we all have committed crimes. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have committed sins against God and this is a real thing. Do not poo-poo on this. Do not take this lightly. You are a wicked, evil, ungodly sinner. I don't care how pretty you are or how handsome you think you are. You are a wicked, evil, ungodly sinner. And so am I. And so is the Pope. And so is the Dalai Lama. And so is Joel Osteen. Pastor of the largest church in America. We're all sinners. We all have done evil in God's sight. We, such as lying. Stealing. Lusting after people. Coveting what other people have. Like God can't do it for you, He can. You don't need to covet and want what other people have. God can give you your own. Dishonoring your parents, disobeying your parents.
disobeying God by taking his name in vain, committing adultery, that means having sex with somebody you are not married to, fornication, having sex with people you, where neither one of you have the benefit of marriage, homosexuality, men with uh, stinking men with stinking men and uh, beautiful women with other beautiful women in the bed trying to have sex and you don't even have the tools the God-given tools to do that it's an abomination and a sin against God and if you don't if you're living that way and you don't repent of that and start doing life God's way you're going to hell and a lot of this would have been put down if preachers had kept on preaching on hell and now we have hell in the streets we have hell in the community we have hell in the country and around the world and we have invited God's wrath upon us because of these sins And I want you to know that if you're living in sin like this and you're not bothered by it and you love it and you don't repent of it and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to hell. And you're going to suffer in the fires of hell forever. That may sound funny or strange to you. Or that's, that's fine. But it's the truth. Because Jesus never lied and he cannot lie. God does not play. Jesus does not play. Okay? There is a penalty for sin. The Bible makes it very clear in Romans 6.23, for the wages, the payment, the check that you will receive at the end of your life will be death. We have sinned against God. We have a sinful nature that produces sin like a factory. And we choose to sin against God. In fact, some people choose to sin against God because it is evil. They like the evil part of it. And that's what makes it more pleasurable to them. And if God will allow you to die off of this beautiful ball called earth. Understand that God will allow you to go to hell for your sins, to pay for your sins in the burning hell forever and ever if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ while the blood is running warm in your veins. That is on this earth. You can't wait. Listen to me very carefully. You cannot wait until you die to get saved. You can get saved on your deathbed, but that's rare. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ while you are alive and while you have uh, good sense and you can understand. Do not die and go to hell. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. For Jesus Christ wants you to know 
that right now, if you're not saved, you're on your way to a devil's hell. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than most pastors living today. There are some pastors who uh, have been in the ministry for 20, 30, 40, 50 years who have never preached on hell. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he did about heaven. Why? Because he hates you? No, because he loves you. He's warning you. See, when you love people, you warn them of the danger ahead. God does not play. Jesus does not play. You say, well, I really don't believe that God, the loving God, will send me to hell. God does not send you to hell. I just said he will allow you <clears throat> to go to hell because that's evidently where you want to go because you love darkness rather than light. You love wickedness and evil and sin more than you love righteousness and holiness and godliness. And so that's where wicked sinners go, to hell. They, they can't go to heaven because he's not going to have that up in heaven. He's not going to have any rebelliousness in heaven. He's not going to tolerate that. So it's up to you. God is not going to make you get saved. And I can't make you get saved. I want you to get saved. God wants you to get saved. But it's your choice. He's not going to violate your free moral agency. He made you with free moral agency. He's not going to violate that. See, if he wanted to make robots, he would have done that. He didn't do that. You have a choice. I can hear Dr. Billy Graham saying right now, you need to make a decision. The name of his magazine is called Decision. The name of his radio broadcast was called The Hour of Decision. Make up your mind what you're going to do. Either believe in Jesus Christ and start serving him because you love him back. Because he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Or continue in your sin and enjoy the pleasure of sin for a little while. For Matthew 18, 8 says, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off. That means if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to cut your hand off if that hand is, is, is committing sin. Putting, its, uh, putting that hand on another woman or another man that does not that you're not married to or something like that it's better for you to cut that hand off and go to heaven as he says and cast them from thee you can not only cut it off but cast it from you throw it away it is better for thee to enter into life that is eternal life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire.
oftentimes when uh, most of the time when Jesus Christ preached on hell to make it very clear he mentioned hell fire see because he knew that people were going to try to focus on the word hell and try to uh, translate it to be the grave or, or some fire pit in Israel or something like that but see uh, he said fire hell fire and he said the fire shall never be quenched repeatedly that's how ugly and that's how bad sin is and if that doesn't make it clear to you look at the cruel cross that he died on that's that he, he suffered hell a hellacious death Jesus Christ died like no other man for the sins of the world he was bloody from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet his insides were pulled open and pulled uh, so that they can be seen cruelly mocked and beaten and the mocking was just as bad. He went through hell and went to hell for you and me. That's how bad sin is. This was no small thing that Jesus went through. He suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins and for mine. To save your soul from hell. I assure you Jesus Christ did not die in vain. Jesus Christ did not preach in vain. My friend if you reject Jesus Christ. If you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And repent of your sins. As sure as you're looking at me. You're going straight to hell when you die. And you can die today at any time. You can die in a Walmart store. You can die in a Safeway store. You can die on the 4th of July during a parade. You can die while sitting in a school. Because demon-possessed people will kill you while you're saying the Lord's Prayer. And will blow, the, blow uh, the brains out of little children and women. And if these demon-possessed people would do that, what do you think they'll do to you and me as grown men? They wouldn't think about it. Somebody is going to go into a store today and come out dead. It may be you. For the Bible says it is appointed on the men once to die, but after this the judgment. And the thing about death, even though we're all on death row, really, we just don't know when we're going to die. And so tomorrow is not promised you. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. And if you want to be saved from the eternal burning hell, listen to Jesus Christ who preached the first gospel message and he preached it the best. Dr. Curtis Hudson, the former editor of the Sword of the Lord and pastor of Forest Hills Baptist Church in Decatur, Georgia, said it is the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus Christ said the most loving words, the most magnificent words, the most important words ever said 
to mankind in the history of the world. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, he was talking about himself, that whosoever, that means anybody at any time, red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in God's sight, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a promise. That's the gospel preached first by Jesus Christ and best. Nobody ever, no preacher can match what Jesus Christ said. How about it, dear friend? Are you ready to forsake your worldly and sinful ways and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? By the way, we'll be having communion soon, and this will be your first communion if you get saved today. Believe in your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ. Church membership will not save you. They don't recognize that in heaven. That's not a passport that can get you in. Being a preacher or a preacher's wife will not get you in. Being the son of a preacher or daughter of a preacher because you come from a so-called Christian family which may not be the Brady Bunch but the Adams family by the way. Many pastors' families are that way. This has been known for many years. That's not going to get you in. Being a, being a member of a so-called Christian family will not save your soul. Giving thousands and millions of dollars to the church will not save your soul. You say, what preacher? I, I just, I mean, I didn't stutter. Being a preacher, being a deacon, singing in the choir, Getting baptized will not save your soul. Taking communion will not save your soul. If you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're just doing religious activity. Only true faith in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Him and Him alone. Humble yourself and bow before him and believe in him and trust in him. Pray and ask him to save your soul and he will save your soul. Follow me in prayer. As the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou, you, shalt be saved. For whosoever, 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 there's that word again, whosoever, means anybody at any time, red, yellow, black, or white, whosoever, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Follow me in prayer if you want to be saved today, believing in your heart, you must do both. Believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Call on his name from that and ask him to save your soul. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart.
Holy Father God in heaven, I know that I am a sinner. I admit that I am a sinner before you. I have committed crimes before heaven. And I am guilty. And I know that I deserve to go to hell. To suffer and burn forever. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now, by your grace, believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. By your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I do believe in you. And I do believe that you suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose from the dead on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change and help me to truly repent of my sins and to turn from my wicked ways and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name I pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God, allow me to say to you congratulations for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door by me of any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So dear friend, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material uh, that we want to send you in addition to what you can get through the books. And uh, you, by contacting us, will let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you as well. Also, if you have a prayer request, uh, 
please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com. And we will begin to pray for you until you tell us to stop. We have people uh, who are available to answer your email 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we thank the Lord for that. And so once you get saved, since you have gotten saved, we are here for you. Wherever you are in the world, if you need prayer, send it in. And we will start praying for you. And uh, at this time, beloved, we will resume the standing between the living and the dead service already in progress. Let's pray now for other people and then we'll close and commence our communion service. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your holy gospel proclaimed Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity for lost sinners to get saved in the church and outside of the church. And we pray that your Holy Ghost would not give them rest. Lord, all that you do to lead people to yourself because you're not willing that any should perish. Lord, we pray that you would do that in the lives of millions. We pray for over three million souls to get saved if that has not already happened. And Lord, uh, for some have written in and we know that some have not. Open blinded eyes and unstopped deaf ears. And Holy Father God, we uh, pray now for others. We pray, Lord, yes, for the millions who are hurting from the death of loved ones from the coronavirus plague, as my son Daniel Ezekiel posted today. Hundreds of people are still dying from the coronavirus plague. And nothing is said about it because we are living in a gung-ho, foolish time of people trying to uh, cover up the bad things that are happening. But we also pray for individuals, Lord. We pray for the family and friends of Germany resident Neely Braun. We pray for the family and friends of New Hampshire resident Linda Lee Sue Pornois. We pray for the family and friends of Ohio resident Rodney Glenn Miles. We pray, Lord, now for some new prayer requests that have come in. We pray for Pastor Bushibi, a man now that we've been praying for nearly 20 years. And we thank you for this partnership in prayer. And we join him in thanking you for the excellent services at Zion GBF Assembly and for a peaceful election. Please save and comfort baby Vincent's family. Please save and protect the children endangered by satanic groups and put a stop to these groups. Bless them to complete the uh, Nasyanda Church roofing project 
And we thank you, Lord, for provision. Please save and provide for the poor, needy, weak, and hungry people there. We pray, Lord, for Peggy. Please protect David from all ungodly relationships. And save Dylan, Andy, and Olivia. David, Sebastian, Spencer, Marco, and Shriven. Holy Father God, we thank you for your holy word, Lord Jesus. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. We pray, Lord, for Vicki. Please heal her body completely. Bless her brother, Bill, in a supernatural way. And Lord, we pray for the people who have believed in you through the preaching of the gospel from this pulpit. Help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray for Andrus, Miguel, Jew Elizabeth, Noel, Anuj, and others. And Lord, we pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you through the preaching of, your, of the whole counsel of God from this pulpit. Help them all to stand strong in the faith and to never go back into a backslidden state. We pray for Emmanuel, Patricia, Kelly, Afuwape, Ezekiel, and others. We pray for thousands of others who have gotten saved and who have come back to you. And Lord, help them to grow in the faith and to be the strong Christians that you would have them to be. Now, Lord, as we prepare to go straight into communion, uh, Lord, help us as your people who are truly saved, not just church members. Please forgive us of our sins, our failures, and our faults. And Lord, grant me your grace, your energy, and your strength further to uh, do this communion service once again. And we thank you that it is open to all people from around the world who are not a part of a church or who cannot get to a church. Help them to get their dry red wine, kosher wine preferably, or grape juice. Purple grape juice. And help people to realize they can't just use anything. They can't use water. They can't use uh, orange juice or tea or anything like that. Uh, Lord, help them to do it right or not do it at all. And uh, from now on, to have these things in place, of, of course, the unleavened bread, which they can make in five minutes by not putting leaven in the bread. Hopefully they already have some uh, kosher uh, crackers available. And Lord, we pray that uh, everybody would take your communion seriously and sincerely and not take it unworthily. Bless it. Help us to remember not only your death and burial and resurrection, but to remember your second coming, as the passage tells us to. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And for his sake, amen.